to another episode of halos in the infield but this is the first edition of the regular season show this is your host todd fox with the other host of the show visual los angelitos this is fernando all right i don't know what this was <laughs> for the videos only youtube he did a nice little dance or something so <laughs> i don't know what you call that the stroke the stroke. Okay. <laughs> so we're back for this episode. Uh, we've done a lot of off-season stuff. You know, you've caught up with a lot of the 2002 stuff. And uh, now we're getting into the regular season. They're actually playing ball. So we have actually on this episode upcoming, we're going to talk about everything that happened the first we, uh, first few games of the season. Uh, that was a four-game set at home at the Big A versus the Houston Astros. And then uh, we're going to preview the upcoming week with the uh, two opponents on the schedule. So what do you want to get into first, Fernando? Well, I mean, can we start off by, like, asking, like, can we hit the reset button already? Oh, let's do it. <laughs> let's do yeah, it. Man. Let's hit the reset button on 2022 already. <laughs> People are going to be like, oh, my gosh, these guys are so dramatic. It's only four games. I mean, there's some positives. We'll, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I feel you with a reset because – you know, me and you have been talking since last year about the importance of April. And, yes, we kind of got screwed by the CBA, and we had to start off with Houston, whereas before we were going to get, uh, I think, wasn't it Oakland and somebody else? Oakland. Yeah. Oakland in Oakland, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and Oakland's exactly, well, talk about pressing the reset button. They really pressed the reset button. So, <laughs> I feel I feel we would have had a better record against them, but we marched up against Houston in four, and uh Boy, it wasn't as easy as we thought it was going to be, and uh, we're we're right now, spoiler alert, staring at one and three. Yeah, I think one of the things that was frustrating was last year, we didn't have a team that was nearly as strong as this year's, mm-hmm. and uh, at least not on paper. And uh, we were toe-to-toe with the White Sox. Arguably, we were at least toe-to-toe with the Astros, with the exception of Friday night. Mm-hmm. We did play some fairly close games. I mean... Today's game sure was one of four, but the game was closer than it appeared. You know, some bad fielding miscues. I mean, Trout having his first error in the, of this decade mm-hmm. um, all kind of added to a score that made the game seem farther than it actually was. I totally agree. Um, you know, there's some things you, uh, like I want to get into and focus on. But uh, I don't know which way you want to start with this episode first. Uh, if you want to just go game by game. Uh, because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. let's start with like opening day and all that, but I okay. mean, finish your thoughts. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say like, it, it's just, there's so much that I'd like to get into, like as far as reviewing what had happened to the four first four games, but I guess I'll save that for later uh, overall numbers to the first four games anyway. So yeah, let's start out with the opening day impressions on opening day. How did you feel the presentation was for the, you know, the stadium and, and the, 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 the vibe for everybody going into it? Well, I mean, I think this opening day was a little extra special for me. Uh, I mean, I missed opening day in uh, 2019 because uh, my fiance at the time and I had uh, just moved out, you know, so we were just kind of starting. And, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously when you're first starting to live by yourself without 
either person's parents, you know, there's a struggle. So we didn't have the money back then. And obviously I got my season tickets back in 2020 pandemic happened 2021 because she's autoimmune. Uh, she has an autoimmune disorder. We were, I wasn't able because we have to be super safe with COVID. So this was kind of the first year in what, three years that I got to go to opening day. So um, yeah, it, it's something that I did for, I think what, seven straight years prior to that. And man, there is nothing like opening day. And I know we talked about that already. Other sports try to replicate it, you know, where by their first game, but you know, I mean, a first football game, a first basketball game, it is what it is. Sure. People are excited, but man, opening day just has something different. Opening day is simply built different. The expectations are different. I think the beauty of like the grass and, you know, the smells of the stadium are just different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you summed it up great in that video you did about the hope, you know, the hope of a new season, the hope of your team making it finally to the goals that they've aspired to as fans we want to see. So that was a great video. And, and you summed it up good right there. I mean, we all went into that game, uh, you know, with the tailgating and everything else like that. The anticipation of a good season, because like you said, it's different from last season. We have a rotation, we have a bullpen, and we have a formidable lineup. Uh, on paper. We? Well, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that as we roll along. Uh, but that game one, uh, game one going into wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get to that, but before we get into the game, I mean, we got to talk a little bit about the fanfare of opening day. I didn't go to the oh. tailgate. You know, I had some other stuff I had to do. Tell the fans about the tailgate, man. Uh, the tailgate was good. It's like the second or third year in a row outside the pandemic that it was mariachi filled. There must have been like five mariachi bands in the fit in the uh, by the under the halo. So it's a different vibe. Why over so the, many mariachis? I have no idea. But the one that we were by was was not nearly as good as a small intimate mariachi band of because there was like forty guys in one band and you're like, man, these guys you can't understand Ooh. it. Damn thing they're saying, or, or like it sounded like they were all practicing, like a like a SpongeBob episode, you know, like with Squidward. It just didn't make sense. They were just playing all at different rhythms. And then there was one that sounded <laughs> there's one that sounded professional. And I'm like, hey, can we switch places? Can we put you guys bias? But the the one that was playing bias was like, if we play loud enough, it will mask how bad we really are. Just like the SpongeBob episode, and it and it worked because some people were like, <laughs> can we do hey, that as a team lately? Yeah. <laughs> maybe over the last couple of years the last couple of seasons but that's what they needed to do last year just play louder yeah <laughs> grunt as you swing <laughs> the pitcher is like if they have a heavy grunt when they release the pitch it's gonna break harder <laughs> or have sound effects once uh you know when they do things but uh like they did know, in 2020 and it worked yeah pump in the fake crowd noise <laughs> Um, but, go. but no, this one, this one was, uh, you know, the, the vibe was good. Everyone seemed very upbeat. Uh, we got into the stadium, um, for the first time in a long time, everyone was in their seat. Uh, I can't, oh, yeah. No. I, yeah, I can't tell you how good, um, the, I forget the gentleman's name. I wanted to remember it, but his rendition, cause he gave one at the pond too, a couple of weeks before at a ducks game. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. His, uh, his national anthem was amazing. I mean, that was probably one of the best, if not the best, I've ever heard. The guy has. He a, does the national anthem a lot for the Angels. Yes, as he does. does uh, and then, uh, what, what was the woman's name? Uh, Dawn? She, also, she used to do it also for the Ducks yeah. all the time. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I know I, I've seen these two people a lot. It's Dawn, and I've seen this gentleman whose name I'm also blanking on. But yeah, both great at the national anthem. Excellent. 
I'm not a big, like super emotional national anthem guy. And most of the time it's just kind of like, all right, you know, I sit down as soon as it's over. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, time to sit back down. But uh, man, on opening day with the, <laughs> the national anthem and the flyover and the big unnecessary fucking flag, it's just like, <laughs> it's always different. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the flag's so big, it engulfs the entire outfield. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and then and there was an extra buzz with Otani being the the opening day starter. He's batting number oh, yeah. one, so uh, you know when he threw that first strike, when he got that strikeout, it was playoff atmosphere. And then of course you have the dynamic of booing the living shit out of the Houston Astros. Uh, they were booing mm-hmm. as loud as they possibly could, and that was awesome. There was a couple of guys who got booed that I was a little surprised, mm-hmm. like. Uh... Dusty Baker. I like Dusty Baker, but I still booed. Um, <laughs> Martin Maldonado, I did not boo, but everybody else did. And I was just kind of like, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I liked Marty when he was here, so I gave him a free pass. Yeah, yeah. I was Jose I, Altuve, I let him have it. Man, the outfield oh, yeah. was letting him have it. I was yelling baby gap. I was yelling, like, <laughs> I was yelling, uh, go back to Carter's, go back to Oshkosh Bagosh. I yelled, um, uh, what did I say? Oh, I was like, Jose Altuve can't write Space Mountain by himself. I was just <laughs> heckling him as much as I could out there in uh, in center field, right next to the rocks. Yeah, they, where I was sitting. You, you, you came over. Yeah, him and Bregman got it the most. Uh, good God. They were I mean, they're, they're like the only two on the team yeah. besides Justin Verlander, right? I think besides that and Martin Maldonado, are those the only four 2017 players? I think so. I don't so. think there's a lot. No, there's not too many left. Most of the pitchers are gone from that team, especially the bullpen guys. Um, yeah, I wonder if Bregman – well, no, Bregman just signed a re-up, didn't he? Yeah, he's going to be with him for a while. I think he's there for like two or three more years. Altuve is you know, basically going to be like a trout kind of a lifer. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, he's going to retire now. Here's my thing. You know, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself on it, but Jose Altuve, if he gets in the Hall of Fame, I will be – pissed hmm. i don't care what he does with the rest of his career if we're not going to let guys like alex rodriguez roger clemens barry bonds in the hall of fame cool whatever so be it but i swear to god if jose altuve gets in the hall of fame and none of those guys did i will personally destroy the plaque myself i mean you can't be like, well, you know, we want the Hall of Fame to be a cheating-free atmosphere when he openly admitted to cheating because he was granted immunity when the other guys, like, you know, Barry Bonds, there's no literal proof that he mm-hmm. cheated. You know, is the proof in the pudding? Perhaps. Hat size. But it was never 100% scientifically proven, without a doubt, that, you know, he cheated. And in this country, for better or worse, you are innocent until proven guilty. That gets a lot of people into trouble, but that is how it works here. Yet, so. yet if Altuve smiles and he grants all the interviews and he's really friendly to as long as ESPN is still relevant to ESPN and other sports writers for MLB <laughs> Network, I guarantee you he will get in because Big Poppy proved that. And the reason why I'm calling him Big Poppy is because ESPN threw his name out there. They loved him in Boston since they're from Boston, Bristol. And if you know how to rub the media the right way and you're clearly been proven, he was clearly in the Mitchell report and Ortiz didn't rat on anybody to get saved. And if you, if you don't forget, Boston was caught with cheating too. They fired Joey Cora. They did all this other stuff, but guess what? None of the players took the flack because they got a, they got a a little uh, sweep under the rug 
But if Boston players can get in, I think a guy like Altuve, which wasn't punished by the Major League Baseball, like maybe if the manager um, that was managing them at the time that's now in Detroit, if he tried to get in the Hall of Fame, if he had numbers there, he wouldn't get in because he was part. He was proven guilty, and so was the general manager. You know, like those guys. But they kind of gave a pass to the Astros, and they really gave a pass to the Red Sox. So that's my I, – I have a feeling he has the numbers to get in the Hall of Fame. Well, a little Altuve and now they're will, going after the Yankees. Well, little Altuve will be in the Hall of Fame. Mark my words. You think so? I think he gets in. You think Baby Gap will be in the Hall of Fame? Okay. He'll, he'll, have, the, he'll have the smallest plaque in the Hall of Fame. He'll get in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for, for whatever that's worth, that might be comical. It would be. <laughs> That's how you should punish him. I'm trying to. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Maybe. Because you're right. He probably is going to get in. I just hope not. But you need to go there and smash it with me if he does. I would. I would. Okay. I want to go to the Cooperstown inauguration just to yell, little man. Booyaka, <laughs> booyaka, 619. <laughs> little Ray Mysterio. Yeah, except uh, Ray Mysterio was a champion. Here's one thing I noticed. I guess too. Altuve is too, but. Well, yeah, he's a, a champion one. now, unfortunately. Champion. <laughs> champion. Let, 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 me, let me tell you something about what, what bothered me, too, at the stadium, though. Not to switch gears too okay. much, but the food, man. It took forever to get oh, to the food. Oh, here we go with this again. I'm just saying, the, the, the freaking, they need more concession stands. They, for 40000 that there's just no way to get your food in less than two innings. That's all I'm saying. You know, I mean, you and I struggle to find a soda. Yeah. But here's the thing. You know, I'll give them a free pass. Now, the reason for that is it's been years since this stadium has seen a sellout crowd. We're going back to 2019 and probably like June of 2019. Mm-hmm. I mean, 2020, obviously there was no fans. Last year, I don't think there was a single sellout. Yeah. Because I remember, they had the uh, COVID restrictions. Mm-hmm. And then around July, when they played the Tigers, they did like reopening day. And by then, the team was just kind of out of it. Coincidentally, that's when we started this page. And <laughs> for us, it was really, really hard to get our footing because, you know, people were just kind of out. People were like, whatever, man, the Angels are trash this year. Mm-hmm. You know, Trout's out. I mean, Otani's cool. Otani was good, but, you know, Rendon was out. So the interest was just kind of gone. And it was like that in the stands too. So I don't think the uh, workers and the employees there were really used to the crowd amount because you can't say there wasn't enough people working the concessions. Every stand had like five people there. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they had enough because everyone, and then you got a couple of two with the fact that it was hot as hell. It was humid. Me and you were like, look, we want to give yeah. up on finding a drink, but we're too damn thirsty to give up. <laughs> we need something. Yeah, there was no giving up on a drink. I would have <laughs> passed out. You would like walked around my lifeless body. Is that Fernando? I was ready to go to the water faucet at some point, dude. I was freaking thirsty, dude. But I just go to the rocks. There you go. Put my face in the fountain. See, and Artie was saving money right there, too. He didn't turn on the fountains, man. He's like, hell no. Like, water. He did for the beginning. Oh, he did. I didn't see the water on at all, dude. Like, but then again, we didn't hit no home runs or nothing either. So, <sighs> oh, this isn't the old days where the rocks used to shoot out water. Now they just shoot out the fire. Oh, yeah, the flames. Yeah, that's right. Fire is cheaper than water. Everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> Use the propane. Hashtag drought. Yeah. Oh, man. So, um, yeah, I mean, everything. Real quick, did to... you eat at the stadium or did you just tailgate outside? Like, did you well, I... or did you try into the new food inside? I was trying to get to the food, but I, I tailgated okay. so much. I'm kind of glad I didn't. I would have overstuffed myself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Big A burger still holds up. I had like a bite from my kids. Big A burger. That's like one of my 
favorite ballpark cheeseburgers. If any of you guys have never tried Big A Burger, imagine in and out if it was actually meant for adults and not children. Um, mm. So, you know, you get the potato bun. Yeah, you, you still get the delicious meat, you know, the cheese. Uh, they still have animal style, except they're like adult size portions. Mm. Nothing's worse than going in and out and having to be like, can I get a three by three or a four by four? Because <laughs> you get the double double, and it's like, what is this? A, a kid's meal? Yeah, yeah. The burgers are so little. I feel you, man. So, I mean, yeah, and then oh, good. Okay. No, no, you finish. No, no, you were fin- I, I interrupted you. My bad. No, no, you, <laughs> you just go, Todd. Jeez, okay. I was just gonna say, uh, if anything, they should have added another one, another big A burger there. You know, once they have two. There is. I thought there was only one. Yeah. So there's the one on the two hundred, and then there's the one down below on the one hundred section near the New Era store. Oh shit. Okay. Did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. The new, the one next to the New Era store was the OG, and then they built the one where the Change Up Kitchen used to be. I was a big fan of the Change Up Kitchen. I was sad they uh, they got rid of it. They could probably, if they wanted to, add a couple more spots in the outfield, you know, where they used to have Erstad's like beat beat his uh, run time or where they have an area where you can play catch right there. I think they really should put a couple more stands out there because uh, they do yeah, have well, like the Woke Resorts people are now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We're like, oh, hey, would you like free tickets to Knott's Bray Farm? <laughs> I would just be like, no, I'm not 25. Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> now I'm very clearly over 25. I told the lady, I'm like, sorry, I'm not 25, but she just kind of looked at me. <laughs> so, oh, man. Sir, you have a full beard and you have like a seven-year-old child. I'm like, I'm 22. <laughs> I just turned 21. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> but no, it's it, it was a good atmosphere leading up to first pitch, basically. Absolutely. Other than all the stuff we just complained about. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, it, but, it, but the thing was, you know, like um, – you know, the Angels got off to, a, you know, good start, strong, like, you know, like as far as pitching, Otani, he gave up a run, what, it was in the third inning? It was barely one nothing. Yep. So, I mean, it wasn't like they were smashing the ball off of him. He was pitching really good and focused. But uh, I, one thing I'm going to complain, it's going to be a reoccurring theme in each of these first four games, and we said it since preseason when he first announced it. What the flying F is going on with Otani leadoff and Trout second, and then the lineup is just mix and match, and let's change it up every night. What are your thoughts on that lineup? Because we've heard my thoughts. There, there needs to be some consistency in the lineup. It's tough for these guys to get their footing when you're batting somewhere different every single Yeah, and, and think about this. as If you're in the bullpen, you equate that to a bullpen. You take an eighth-inning guy and say, hey, you know what, like Myers – we're going to have you pitch the fifth inning or long relief. It's like, no, he had that mentality to be a setup guy. You know, Tani has been, and, he, and look what he's, he's struggled since. And he struggles every time they demote him, Myers. And then and then Otani's been a 3-4 hitter since probably Little League because he's probably been the best player wherever he's played. And now you're asking yep. him to do something and have another mentality of, hey, don't just start this season or don't just uh, go up there swinging for home runs and doubles and stuff like that. Just try to work a walk or this and that. And it's like he doesn't have that mentality. And he has a launch angle right now as it is. So it's, that's not good. You're not going to be productive there. I mean, you need to. Or as our old friend Courtney would say, the machismo. Yeah, you got the machismo going. And so, and I think it was Sonia that brought uh, that brought it up, or uh, no, it was Ace. Ace brought it up today in the post game. She said, "Do you remember Madden's?" I love la- her insight. Oh yeah, she has great insight. She said the last uh, year of Madden's uh, with a Cub, his his runs with the Cubs, um, he took uh, Rizzo and let him off. 
and Rizzo's numbers went in the straight trash. So are we seeing that again? Last season of Joe, and he's going with, hey, let's take our best hitter, lead him off. Yeah, let's hope we can say no, Joe, because uh, I don't know what what's up with him. I don't know if he's hitting the peyote a little too hard. I don't know if he's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, getting some of that good, good kush kush <laughs> down in a Santa Ana or whatever, some of that sticky, icky, icky, but he's got to figure it out, man. I mean, there's just some guys who just shouldn't be batting uh, lead off. Call me old school if you want, but I like my fastest guy who's going to have a good at bat batting lead off. I don't care if you're like a, 220 hitting leadoff guy if you have an on-base percentage in like the 380s perfect Mm -hmm. you can lead off and if you're fast so as of right now i would probably either put marsh or tyler wade Mm -hmm. as my leadoff guy both of those guys will give me a good at bat they might not be batting 300 and that's okay but they're not going to go up there and swing at the first pitch. They'll go up there. They'll find their pitch. If it is a good first pitch to swing at, they'll take advantage. And if not, they'll work the count. They'll strike out after, you know, eight or nine pitches. Great. At that point, you did your job as a leadoff hitter. You work the pitcher, right? That's all you ever want as a, out of a leadoff guy. Do I want you to get on base? Absolutely. But I don't need you to get a hit every time. Work the count. Have a good at bat. Get on base. Go cause some havoc on the base paths. Yep. So fast guy should be number one. Who's your two? In my opinion. I'm going to put Rendon number two. I don't know why. I've just kind of always done it and it will be the show. I just, to me, it always seem natural. Like, okay, you know what? Tony two backs. Cause at this point, let's just say Tyler Wade bunt sacrifice, bunt gets on base. All of a sudden he runs to second base. Now, if Tony two bags does what he's supposed to do, gets a double heck gets a single. It's one, nothing. No outs with Trout, Otani, then Walsh following mm-hmm. up. And there you go. I don't care about the righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty. If you're trying to disparage any teams from, oh, do I go with my righty out of the bullpen now or my lefty out of the bullpen? It doesn't work. We're in an age of analytics. We're at an age now where the pitcher they bring in has to pitch three batters minimum. So it, they're not going to care anymore if do I bring in my right or my lefty. They're going to bring in their best pitcher now to go after you because they don't have to worry about righty lefty. Either way, it's going to alternate. So they might as well bring in their best pitcher. No, I'm totally with you right there. I think that that you don't need to have a, a mix and match lineup anymore, like you said. And I feel that if you have a guy like Tony Two Bags who could really sit up there and take picks, pitches and work walks. He's probably the most patient power hitter we have. And, you know, uh, I love Walsh down around five. Like you said, that lineup would be killing it for me. And then you, you have the rest of the lineup because you really can't bring up Adele. Adele's not hitting right now magically. And then, you know, I wouldn't want Stassi up close right there. Fletcher's a good nine hitter. Leave him there till he gets confident. So, I mean, you don't want to mess with stuff like that. Um, you have a good lineup, like you just said, with Marsh, or you can go Duffy at one, two, if uh, Marsh isn't feeling good or whatever, like supposedly he wasn't today. So it just boggles my mind because at the current state, you're going to see something stupid. Like, what if the season ended and we're predicting numbers? I would say, okay, well, if you're going to keep Trout and Otani there all year, Otani's going to finish with maybe his numbers are going to go down. He's going to hit like 32, 33 home runs. And about 70 RBIs. And then you're going to have Mike Trout with about 40 home runs and 85 RBIs. And most of which are going to be solos. 
because no one's getting on front, uh, getting on base in front of them. So we could see that in the offseason, or the off, not the, uh, the was it spring training? We could see that that was going to be a problem going into opening day, but we were all trying to fool ourselves that maybe Madden knew something that we didn't. But no, we were right because game one, they only mustered one run. Damn near almost had two more. Rendon missed a homer by inches uh, that would have given the Angels a lead. But they got one run because Alvarez played like Upton in left field. Uh, it was a triple off of Fletcher's bat. Marsh scored all the way from first. And that's all they could muster. Uh, it, it was very disappointing um, in a 3-1 loss where Tapera comes in. Otani only allows one run. Tapera gives up two solo shots, which was the game. But 3-1, to one, I mean, if you're allowing, even with those two home runs, you only give up three runs. I mean, you should be in the game. You should have tied it at least or, or, or got to a point where you rallied and had the go-ahead runner on base at some point. I mean, they had a chance there, uh, like you said. So Rendon's homer missed by about a yard, according mm-hmm. to Trent Rush. I was in right field, didn't look nearly as close uh, from my angle, but you know, you got mm. he was up in the booth. You were in left field, so you had a good vantage point. You said you thought it was a homer. Yeah, I thought it was gone. Um, another thing I want to talk about: Joe Adele's miscatch there in left field. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people were posting the uh, Bally Sports West angle, which, you know, obviously makes sense. That's what everybody Mm -hmm. at home was saying. From where I was in right field, that play was nowhere near as close as it looked. And the guy who caught it uh, agreed with my tweet. He was on Twitter and he was like, hey, I'm the one who caught it. And I said, that catch was nowhere near as close as the TV angle made it seem. And he agreed. It was about six to eight feet off. So he misread it completely, did not jump at all. You know, and that's going to be a tough play to make even with a jump. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he would just misread it so badly, I mean, I want to give Joe Adele some time. The the season just started, but I don't know, man. He's he's making it look really rough out there. A baseball bat? Get this guy a willow. If you don't know what a willow is, it's what cricket players use. <laughs> That's what this guy needs right now. You know, all the love in the world of Joe Adele. He's in the show. I'm not. I'm yeah. just here because for whatever goddamn reason, you know, hundreds to thousands of people tune in a week to listen to what we have, we, us buffoons have to say about baseball, which we appreciate, by the way. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is his swings are off. He's striking out like he's Cody Bellinger. He is. And and I was telling my dad, because on the broadcast, he was watching with me. He's like, hey, he can't hit a slider right now, and they keep throwing him sliders. I'm like, yeah, he's got to mentally look at the, you know, or Paul Sorrento, I go, one of our pit hitting instructors, I've seen other teams do it. They'll go over and they'll say, after two bad at-bats or whatever, and they'll say, hey, it's time to change up your approach to the plate. You know, if the slide, if you see a pitch that's, kind of moving at the middle part portion of the plate, you know, they've been throwing you sliders in the outside corner. Chances are it's going to break to the outside corner again. But if you see a pitch on the inner half, it's going to break out over the plate. Then that's when you want to adjust your swing. No, we don't have hitting instructors. A third smart as the other uh, hitting instructors on other teams. They are not progressive enough to go and change up the flow for whatever reason. The angels just say, Hey, we have a agenda and we have a, a plan of attack for today and we're sticking to it. There is no in game uh, adjustments. And I wish our hitting instructors 
his instructors would would have the, the balls to ha- make some in-game instructions to these players to help them make the adjustments to better help the team win. It just looks like they have the same approach up there and don't change the even in the most craziest circumstances. So I saw a lot of that from Adele. He cannot hit a slider. He keeps chasing the ones off the plate, and uh, he, he's looking miserable at the plate right now. Let me ask you this. If you do that, does that leave time for nachos? See, that's the problem. He He's kind of weighing <laughs> it in his head. He's like, nachos or doing my job? Nachos. <laughs> <laughs> it's nacho job. <laughs> there you go. He's like, it's not my job. <laughs> but eat the nachos. And then everyone's like, okay, well, fine. If Sorrento doesn't want to, want to help us, where's Jeremy? Well, he's probably in right field he's all, looking... <laughs> he's all spinning trying to flick the pokemon ball he's like i'm gonna reclaim this gym i'm gonna reclaim this gym here in the at center field it's like someone take his goddamn phone already <laughs> but oh yeah, man right? that's he's playing bad. it on some like 12 year old android yeah i mean <laughs> it's not even a new one it's like the galaxy s3 <laughs> yeah there you go it's got like a cracked screen on it paul thought it was a nacho chip <laughs> it's got a bite mark on it oh my god good times that's that's pretty pretty bad when we're railing him four games into the season but uh but yeah i mean the his his almost reactions is what we do Absolutely. like i said what, what we like to do here is we like to take the overall feeling that the fans are feeling and project it for them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh you know that game was frustrating because you had the crowd just wanting to blow up at any point. And, um, you know, it just seemed like too the, the, the calls were all against us all night. So there was nothing, you know, even Dude. at the, even at the end, the ninth inning where everyone kind of stood there for a minute. Cause it said play is under review. And we're like, well, maybe they get another chance. Yeah. The last out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Dude, some of the worst umpiring I've ever seen. I, I don't know who the first base umpire was that day, but man, oh man, was that guy just, he was on his knees the whole game. Cause he was just blowing the game. Oh yeah. <laughs> he was a Monica Lewinsky of baseball. Uh, yes. That's what you guys like to call it. So <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It was just uh, overall, not the best game. You know, there was some solid uh, performances. I mean, show me Otani. He only pitched what four and a third, four and two thirds, mm-hmm. but he gave you an opportunity to win. That's all you ever want. He only allowed one run on 80 pitches, nine strikeouts. So, again, this is overthinking Joe saying, okay, we're going to put him on a pitch count to start the season. And also, you know, we're not going to leave. Well, it was a shortened spring training. You got to remember that. I get that, man. But let's go back to last August and September and every other month. When's the last time we've had consistent pitchers pitch past the sixth inning? We haven't. And then because either talent or Joe doesn't let him. And then also, it seems like we're always on a pitch count. And um, the only one who had the balls to stand up to him was Sandoval twice last year to say, hey, I'm staying in the game. In a game where he actually gave up six runs early, he wound up pitching seven innings and 124 pitches, which is damn, which is ridiculous for some pitchers on this squad because some guys can't get uh, through two starts with 124 pitches. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he had he has all these guys on, on, uh, on pitch counts. And I look around the league and I don't see that from any other team really. And I see other teams letting their starters go six, seven innings. And we're just not doing that, dude. 
I mean, look at the Padres. Uh, was it yesterday? Maybe the day before? Uh, Sean Mania, the guy who was on the Athletics, now is on the Padres, had a no hitter going into the seventh, and they still took him out because it was the first game of the season. So, I mean, in all fairness, I don't know about you, but I'm not watching any other teams. So I haven't really been paying attention to pitch counts. The only reason I knew that he was taken out was because I got the notification, as I'm sure everyone did, where it's like, oh, it's the second inning, and he's got a no-hitter. Tune in now. <laughs> That's what I hate about ML- the MLB app. Oh, it's the third inning. He's got a no-hitter. Well, I'm just, going, I'm, just go- I'm just going on track record. We've seen this before with Joe. I just don't want to see this in July and June when starters are off to good starts. And we're just sitting them down. And that's how you blow out a bullpen. That's how you overwork a bullpen. And Joe I, says no. I guess I guess that's why we know why he added extra bullpen pieces this uh, this uh, offseason before the season. So maybe that's it. But still, I, I'm really discouraged by that uh, because, you know, spoiler alert, we'll go ahead here. Uh, Detmere's only pitched four innings, two, two earned runs. Syndergaard, five and a third, no earned runs. Suarez, four and a third, two earned runs. So you have a total of 18 innings pitched for five starters, five earned runs. That's a 245 ERA. For four starters. For four starters. That's not bad. But but the innings are very low. Yeah. I mean, um, with that first game, I mean, some pretty encouraging signs out of the bullpen. I mean, Tapera obviously made two bad pitches. Uh but he's had an appearance since looked a lot better in that appearance. Yep. So, you know, I'm not calling for his head just yet. I mean, this guy is one of the better relief pitchers in baseball. Yep. Uh, but yeah, loop looked good. Warren looked pretty decent. Quijada got us out of a jam there. Uh, and Bradley looked really good. Yeah. I, I'm looking at uh, what loop did in the game that he, he came in there and I, I was uh, yelling at uh, chase. I was like, why are we bringing this dude in right now? Uh, you know, because he's not a sixth inning guy. You got or fifth inning guy. He's he's an eighth inning guy, and he's been brought in already a couple times, way too early. And but but credit to him, he looks like an eighth inning guy when they bring him in because nobody can touch him so far. You know, he's he's pitched really really yeah. good. Absolutely. Um, anything else for opening day? Just the fact that walking out of the stadium, bro, on opening day and anticipating so much more, especially from the lineup, being excited to see Trout in the first time in like two years. It just was so deflating walking out there, knowing that you let one get away. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But in all fairness, it could have been much worse. I remember in, was it 2015? No, not 2015. I think it was 2016, actually. The year the Cubs won the World Series, we had our opening day at home against the Cubs that year. And I remember they came here and just clapped our cheeks. <laughs> it's like a freaking OnlyFans situation. They got our cheeks clapped by the Cubs. It was like 10 to 1 or something. Ooh. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it, it could have been much worse. <laughs> well, the Angels took your advice and said, well, it could have been much worse. So let's make it worse on game two. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, game game two was one of those that teased you for a bit. Uh, they looked like they were into it for about maybe how many innings were they into it before they let that one get away? Uh, so they were winning until the fourth inning. So Houston scored in the first inning. They scored a run. Angels scored two runs. And then the Astros scored one run in the fourth, one run in the fifth, one run in the sixth, eight runs in the seventh. No runs in the eighth, one runs in the, in the ninth. And the Angels scored three runs in the eighth, one run in the ninth. 
So they lost 13 to six. And as I, as you can tell right there, it was nowhere near as close as it made it seem. 13 and six, 13 to six seems way closer than it actually was. Yeah, those four runs were big time garbage time when Houston just really didn't give a yeah. flying, you know what? Um, but I look at fadoodle. this, yeah, fadoodle. Like it's, it was pathetic. <laughs> uh, in this game, like like the thing that pops out to me more than the eight runs that were given up by the three pitchers that came in. Again, we talked about Myers not being in a familiar role. Her got just wherever he threw the ball just didn't matter. They were going to find a gap. And Jaime just couldn't keep it in the park. That was discouraging. I thought the, out of the three, Jaime's uh, appearance was the most disturbing. I was like, dude, I really want this guy to make the team, but just it, it feels like he's never going to settle in here. Um, but with that being said, the one thing that stuck out to me the most, despite the lineup being shit again, was Kurt freaking Suzuki. Although he had two hits, which in my mind doesn't matter, he was okay this isn't Socha days where Socha calls all the pitches and the catcher looks over to the dugout for every pitch and he calls that pitch out to the pitcher and it's only up to the pitcher to change the, the, the call kurt was calling all the pitches and they were all over the place he crossed up four different pitchers in this game and if it wasn't for a couple foul balls off those crossed up pitches that were up in the zone they would have nailed the umpire or nailed kurt suzuki between the eyes I mean, it was it was terrible. It was past balls. He was absolutely atrocious on game two. I think a lot of those home runs that left the park were on him, dude. Did you give him the Nacho Night player that on uh, Friday night? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Okay, he was. It was Nacho Night, Kurt Suzuki. He was numero uno for Nacho Night. Oh yeah, you didn't do an opening day nacho night. Exactly. Who would you have given it to on opening day? I would have given it to Joe Madden. I think so too. Joe Madden, Madden is nacho night. <laughs> He's gonna win a lot of those if he keeps this lineup going and util- utilization of the catching and bullpen. Because I'm telling you, um, I would have started Suzuki today, and I would have made Stassi play the first three games. Uh, that that is, I don't. Yeah, care. I, I would have too. I understand the day game. You have to have Suzuki play. That's literally all you have a backup catcher for, right? Play day games, realistically. Yeah, exactly. That's how it's supposed to be. Exactly. So, you know, I understood he had to pitch today. Get it. Yeah. I just just can't fathom why on earth they brought him back. There was other options out there. Hell, Matt Dice even. He is an option. You, I think you did. I wanted it. Steven Vogue, Hell, Williams Astadio. None of these guys are great. Austin Hedges. None of these guys are great, but they are all better than Kurt Suzuki. Kurt Suzuki is like that annoying uncle who like always tries getting you like, like sit on his lap. Like, cause he's like, think he's cool. He's like, <laughs> Hey, come on, man. You know, Oh, how's school going? You know, my brother graduated like six years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Kurt Suzuki's just kind of that uncle who was just kind of always there, like always tried bothering you. He always like thought like you guys were like super cool. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like, no. <laughs> like their birthday shows up like on your Facebook and you're just like, I'm not going to wish him a happy birthday, but should I unfriend him today? Like he probably won't notice. <laughs> well, he will notice <laughs> if he's into you like that. But I, I, all I'm saying about Kurt is I brought this up on the post game. I remember when the Angels had George Fabregas and Greg Myers. Greg Myers barely hit, a, you know, he hit like he had Stassi numbers just below that. wasn't the greatest speed, but he he could hold his own. It was a left-handed bat, and then they had George Fabregas on the bench, who was a left-handed hitting Jeff Mathis. 
but what they used to do is <laughs> could hit had, his weight. Yeah, if they had seven games during the week, they'd play Myers five, and then in between the starts here and there, give Fabregas two. Or if if there was six games in the week, he would he would play four, and then the other guy would play two. So you always would give the better catcher the majority of the games. But it looks like the way we're going to play it out is is just like last season. I think Stassi finished with ninety eight games played or something like that. So and you gave Suzuki a bulk of that too. I don't think he deserves it. He doesn't. And you know it's not like we have, you know we have Austin Romine, we have Matt Theis. I'd love to see those two guys up here, or one of those two, any day than Suzuki. I w- if you're willing to eat twenty eight million with Upton, let's eat two more million. What's two more million? Yeah, they're not going to do that right now, especially so early in the season. I just but, can't, I, I I don't know, man. I don't know why they brought it back. I, we can sit here and talk about it for six hours while I sit here saying the same stupid thing. Oh, I don't know why they brought it back. <laughs> million. What could we have done with $1.7 million? I'm pretty sure if you put a a GoFundMe, the Angel fans would would top that 1.7. I will give $500. (laughs) I'll match it. Show me the GoFundMe. (laughs) I will will go. I will pay it right now. Oh, man. See, that's bad. Four games in this season because we'll get to what he did in game four, but you know, game two was. Look, a let's lot. talk about some of these offensive numbers real quick for okay, game good. two, okay? Go for, go for it. So Otani went one for five, mm-hmm. batting 111. Mm-hmm. Trout went 0 for three and then got replaced by Adele, who then went 0 for two, both of which were strikeouts. Rendon went one for three, replaced by Captain Jack, who went two for two. Mm-hmm. Walsh, three for five. Rojas, two for five. He's having a pretty decent year so far. Actually, I like what I'm seeing so far out of Rojas. Mm-hmm. Hoping it, he stays hot. One for four for Marsh. Suzuki the Goat went two for four. Tyler Wade, one for four. And Fletcher went 0 for four. And Fletcher is struggling so far this year, batting 0.091 this season. So his struggles from last year are carrying over officially. Exactly, because he had a slow start in April and a slow start in September. He was terrible in both those months, and it looks like he's starting out bad April as well again. Um, yeah, and I mean, Otani's about a 118 right now through 17 at-bats. So. Yeah, and he, he's he's uh, elevated that double down the line. That's his only highlight so far. Um, and an on-base percentage of 1.54. I mean, again, why the mother F is he leading off? It doesn't make any goddamn sense. At least, At oh. least Trout has been walking a little bit. I, you know, just like Joe says, whenever there's a player who's struggling, he likes to put him lead off to, you know, try to rejuvenate the bat like he did with Justin Upton. He just, you know, Otani's fast. So when I was saying like, hey, I think your fastest player should bat first. When I said that, I meant like your fastest player who is not a power hitter <laughs> yeah. should be batting first. Because Otani is fast, arguably one of the fastest guys on the team, but he's got too much power when you bat him first you're like automatically giving up like a potential of like 15 to 20 runs a year agreed agreed okay so either prior to the shift or maybe even there's a player now can you think of a player that bats maybe 315 or 310 and he knocks in maybe about 15 16 homers drives in about 70 80 rbis has a shit ton of doubles is there a play? Uh, I know there's a players out there. I just can't name them offhand. But Anthony Rendon, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo. Okay, let's just say let's just say you have the money to re-sign Otani. 
but you can sign two of those type players who are going to give you consistency, which, you know, yeah, Otani's great. He's growing the game. He's an ambassador. He's an awesome player, one of a kind. But do you say, hey, you know what? We're willing to sacrifice that because maybe we have a better pitcher coming through the system or we have a, a, you know, we're going to get a free agent pitcher, but let's spend money on two hitters that'll be consistent other than just all or nothing. There is, there's no easy way to answer this question. I'll say this. If Otani has a good year this season, I'm not going to say an MVP year, but a good year. We're talking, somebody asked me, a Japanese writer came over to me while I was uh, in line for uh, the gift shop on opening day. And he asked me, excuse me, sir, can I ask you a couple questions? I said, sure. He's like, how many home runs do you think Otani will, will hit? I told him 51. He was a good answer. I have, nobody has said 51. That seems like a good answer. And he's like, I probably would say the same thing. If I had to give an answer, I'd say 51 sounds good. And then like he asked the guy behind me, he's like 76. So my old dude. So, you know, it's fine. <laughs> he's probably still mad they closed soup plantation, but so am I. Um, <clears throat> and then he asked me how many wins I think Otani would get. I told him 11. I think those are pretty realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. I think so too. But what I'm saying is if Otani could produce numbers like that, there is no way that Artie Moreno just lets him walk. Artie mm-hmm. Moreno will offer him any amount of money. And the reason for that, when I was inside that gift shop looking for an opening day t-shirt, which by the way, first time in my life that I have not gotten an opening day t-shirt. I don't know why they decided not to sell them this year because mm-hmm. they sell out every time. But anyway, I digress. Um, every single person in that John was holding a Shohei Otani something. I saw Astros fans where, uh, with Otani jerseys in line. I saw a Dodger fan with an Otani jersey. in line. Mm-hmm. There was a line of about a hundred people waiting to buy something Shohei Otani. Dude. Artie Moreno makes enough money to pay for Otani's contract like a hundredfold. I agree. I, but when it comes to winning and putting a team on the field, you know, I think as Angel fans, Artie Moreno doesn't care about winning. Exactly. I think we're finally starting to realize as a fan base, having Trout and Otani's great, having their, you know, them be on major league posters in the East Coast because they're that phenomenal is great. But I'd rather see a team win. I'd rather have a no-name Atlanta Braves team in my backyard like the 2002 Angels win a World Series. And the, the Trout and Otani experience is great. Trust me, I would never love, uh, love these guys to leave. But if it meant, hey, we're going to bring in guys who are going to bat you know, somewhere to those 2002 numbers, and they're going to help carry us, and we're going to have a consistent lineup, and we're going to score a lot of runs and be an exciting team to go along with this rotation and bullpen, I'd sell my soul right there with the, I'd sell trout soul and, and Otani soul and be like, let's do it. Let's do it. I, I just do that. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if you just voluntarily sell people's souls. This isn't, I don't know. We'd have to get, yeah. We'd have to get possession of them first, but that's another story. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, I mean, I really would like that. I mean, I'm over the fact of, Hey, we have a nice looking team. I want a team. I'll, I'll sell James's soul. How about that? There you go. <laughs> but he'll James. say, He'll be like, I don't know how much you can get for my soul. <laughs> yeah. 
we can we can sacrifice Roger. <laughs> Roger's already sacrificed himself. Yeah, right. He's, on the he's, dark he's side. like, well, I sacrificed myself for John Stamos. <laughs> I would sacrifice my life for John. I love John. John, I love you so much. You know, he always like talks about like, well, I can get John Stamos on the show. I don't know. I made a mistake of listening to the Roger Lodge show this uh-huh. week for the first time in years. I kind of got to the point where I'm like caught up on all my podcasts and I'm just uh-huh. kind of like, what do I listen to now? Because I don't like music. You know that. Mm-hmm. People are gonna be like, "What? You don't like music?" But I don't. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I put on the Roger Lodge show, and I'm just like, "God, dude!" He brought up John Stamos like four minutes I in my you. drive on. Oh, I was on the toll road from like Lake Forest to my uh, house in Yorba Belinda, <laughs> and he brought up John Stamos like six times. I told you, bro, that guy's got a love affair with him. Like people thought I was just joking. anything he loves more than than Otani. It's John Stamos. Yeah. Oh, John. I could have been a regular. Game, John. I could have been a regular on Full House. You know, John really pulled for me, but it's those damn producers and Bob Saget. <laughs> yeah, right. R.I.P. Bob Saget. But <laughs> that's not what Roger would say. Yeah, he'd say Russian another P word <laughs> that involves urinals. <laughs> I'm like, that's no way to talk about our father, Bob Saget, America's father. And Roger's like, I hate Bob Saget. Yeah, exactly. It would have been a fuller house. Go to the radio tomorrow and be like, I was that. It would have been a fuller house with me in that house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm John Stamos's college roommate. <laughs> There's like an episode where he like wakes up in the bed with like him and Aunt Becky and like they're and they're like he's in the middle. He's all hi guys. <laughs> Who wants to ride our bikes down Catella? <laughs> there could be a Raj. We're in Frisco. Where where the hell is Catella? We'll ride down. Who wants Ket- to ride our bike down the <laughs> down the fire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll be like from San Francisco. <laughs> he was probably pitching himself to the producers like I can be the creepy old uncle. And they're going to be like, we already got one, the Canadian one. <laughs> he wanted to be the guy. Uh, I don't know. Did you watch Full House a lot? Unfortunately, yeah, I had to. My sister okay. loved the show. Yeah, I had to. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, like at the very end, when like Joey started having his own show with like Mr. Woodchuck, he was like Ranger Joe or whatever. He yeah, wanted yeah. to be Ranger Joe. <laughs> Roger's like, I can be Roger Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we're going on a tangent you're, here. You're way off. All right. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, from talking about Saturday's game to somehow just just dunking on Roger. Exactly. That's <laughs> there's the way no way know. someone at the AMA 30 studios is going to be like, bro, there's you go on and listen to this like 30 seconds. These guys are just dunking on you. Freaking like old school, like LeBron James, just like dunking over somebody. <laughs> Lob it up and throw it down. Yeah, freaking Allen Iverson stepping over. Uh, Ty Lue. Over. Uh, yeah. yeah yeah there you go ty lose just lifeless body on the floor <laughs> i mean he wins a championship and all he remember is uh iverson doing that to him i love iverson though yeah that was a player. beast he doesn't need to practice if he had any kind of a decent squad they would have beat the lakers but i digress yeah you know uh, escobar doesn't need to practice either yeah we'll see how that what that worked for him um so that moves us to game three and I actually heard the some pregame from Roger about Noah Syndergaard. And boy, did he kiss his ass before the game. And he was like, Noah's got to come through. He's the Angels Avenger. He's got to get this win streak going. Because mark my words, Roger's log, 
or Lodge's lock, which he said Lodge's lock the previous two nights about them winning. He's like, it's going to work tonight. So eventually, if you keep saying it's going to happen, and Noah Syndergaard got the memo, but it was an emotional night because he pitched on the passing 13 years ago, hard to believe, of Nick Aitenhart's tragic uh, uh, passing along with two other people in the car and a, a fortunate soul that survived but uh, is paralyzed from now on because that uh, piece of crap that hit him. But, um, but yeah, Nick Aitenhart passing away 13 years prior. He asked for the number. Uh, he got the blessing from the team and the family and in his honor pitched a hell of a game. I mean, he only pitched five and a third again, only 80 pitches thrown. But he looked like he could have pitched three more innings. He was dominant, and the Angels did little or no offense, but he held them in check, a two-hit shutout of the Houston Astros. No, Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was chewing on a cough drop and uh, reading here. Yeah, Noah Syndergaard looked sharp. He looked good. Um uh, you know, not much to say on, on, on this game. It was a well-pitched game all around. The bullpen got the job done. El Rey Raisel Iglesias mm-hmm. got his first save of the season. His first save of his new contract where he will be in Anaheim for the next three seasons. Mm-hmm. Well, four seasons if you include this year. But, you know, after this year, three mm-hmm. seasons. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Thor looked good. Best starting pitcher of the uh, of the weekend, obviously, right? Because he's the only one who got to win. Yeah, Loop looked good. Tapera did fine. Mm-hmm. 1.2 innings, didn't give up any runs, didn't give up any hits. Yeah. I mean, they, they, he, like you said earlier, Tapera like rectified himself, had a great night. Uh, Loop looked amazing. And Iglesias looked, I think, the best out of everybody. He only threw eight pitches and got one strikeout and two easy outs. Got the, it was, I mean, if you blink, the, the inning was over. That's how fast he worked. Yeah. The best part will be when he starts pitching like six innings. <laughs> yeah we'll see. get super burned out <laughs> well hopefully it doesn't happen but that was about as a clean of an angels win as you could have and it was uh, a, a stark tr- uh, contrast from the night before losing uh, 13 to 6 so the angels got off the schneid yesterday which was saturday and they went to one and two and that set up a uh and real quick uh, go over the hey, line. Trout got his first home run. Don't forget oh, that. Yeah, I forgot about that. I was going to say, go over the lineup and what they did that uh, that night. What's that? I was going to say you want to oh, go, go over, over the lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Otani went, Otani went <laughs> 0 for 4. <laughs> that was the Todd's Roger Lodge impression for anybody who's like, why did he just finish? Yeah, that, that wasn't uh, Fernando. Trout went... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Trout went one for four. He like possessed my body. Uh, <laughs> Trout went one for four with a home run. The first time going yeah yeah on mm-hmm. the season. Uh, Rendon went zero for two and he walked twice, mm-hmm. uh, raising his average to an impressive one, or lowering it to an impressive one eleven. <laughs> uh, Walsh two for four. I believe he also went yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. He did his first. That was the first Angel home run of the year. Matt Duffy went one for three with a walk. Rojas 0 for four. Stassi 0 for three. Uh, Marsh 0 for one with two walks. And Tyler Wade 0 for one also. And Fletcher also went 0 for one. Absolutely. Stassi called a great game. Uh, Thor had nothing but praise for him. Um, and then Otani bringing it back to Otani. He had a hat trick in strikeouts. 
So he had three strikeouts. Didn't quite get the golden sombrero, but uh, he left two men on base. Rojas went over four, leaving four men on base. So the lineup again was a problem. The lineup again got mixed and matched at the bottom, and it's just there's no reason to get any kind of or no way to get any kind of consistency when you're just switching them up left and right every night. So. Yeah, you know, Tony's another guy right now. You know, a baseball bat? Get this man a tennis racket. Mm-hmm. Something, something. So we finish that night. We go into the day game. Pitch a, pitch a basketball up there. Give him some help. God, dude. He needs some milk. <laughs> hey, ooh, oh, he needs some milk. I Isn't he a video. sponsor for a milk product in Japan? I, I thought I saw him. Right I, I mean, probably. Guys like everywhere over there. Yeah, he sponsors everything. You ain't yeah, guys lying. like freaking BTS over here. <laughs> you know what? If 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 a nor- if a, there wasn't a baseball fan and you saw him leaving with a posse from the airport, you probably would think he isn't BTS because he's a good looking dude. Ooh, that's racist. It's not a slight. I'm just saying it's he's a good looking dude. <laughs> that's racist. He has a lot of people people that follow him, so you would think, hey, he's in a boy band. Just saying. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> just Whatever. saying. You know, I went, I went like oh, my entire, okay, I'm not going to say entire life because, I mean, you know, they've only been around for a couple of years. I went a substantial amount of time without hearing a single BTS song, and they sneak it in like a Disney movie. For any of you guys that don't know, it's that new movie, Turning Red. Uh, I, I think they play like the boy band depicted in the movie, and I'm just like, well, there you go. You ruined it for me, Disney. I had that feather in my cap. Thanks for ruining it. Yeah, I'd only I'd heard I had to hear them because my daughter was obsessed with them in their heyday. So with BTS, yeah. So I had to hear that. Okay, I had to which hear one, that. The older one or the younger one? I don't, I don't know. want to give like, up their names. There's like fifty of them, so I don't know which one they they like. They all I couldn't tell if they're no, boys. no. I'm talking about your daughters. You don't have fifty daughters. Oh no, no, no. I think you're talking about the man. My my youngest one was was obsessed with them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. That makes yeah. Okay, I can see that because they've but, been around for like what, like five years or so. Yeah. So so between them, well, okay, yeah. you know the, the the tween audience that makes sense. Yeah, between them and Twilight, my life was a living hell at times. So oh god, Twilight. Yeah, they were obsessed with Twilight. Good god. Yeah, that, that's fair. I mean, I, I I dated a girl in high school who was like super obsessed with Twilight, so I get it. <laughs> I see? get it. I had to watch one of those movies. Oh, dude, I tried. They forced me to, and I was out in the first like twenty minutes. Um, oh yeah, it happened to me with Harry Potter. I've never seen a single Harry Potter movie. <laughs> oh, the one thing I want to bring up, but we didn't bring up about the game two. <laughs> I'm with you on Harry Potter, by the way. Uh, on game two, yeah, do we're we're turning into some other podcasts? Just yeah, we sure going are. Going on tangents now. <laughs> what do they call you on the streets? Um, <laughs> no, but uh, game two was terrible. It was probably one of the worst broadcasts I've ever seen with Apple TV. They were god awful, dude. I mean, okay. So you did not like the Apple TV. I hated it. Uh, I think I told you another friend of the podcast who didn't like it. Uh huh. I, I think you know what I'm talking about. Yes. And like he was just like, dude, this this commentating's horrible. And I'm like, am I the only one who didn't think it was that bad? The one thing I loved about the Apple TV, I liked the layout. Mm-hmm. The layout was good, and I loved how on the bottom it had like the like the chances of getting a hit. I like that. That's that's cool. That was I- just different. I get that. I just didn't like the broadcasters. Hunter Pence doesn't know anything. They, they're, he was talking about for an entire inning, his Australian trip. They kept asking him questions, and then they kept asking the female, oh, how was softball compared to baseball? And she was shooting it down like it's not the same thing. And they were like, yeah, but did your arm hurt like you were in the majors? Like, 
I was never in the main. And like, they kept pushing it, trying to make it equal. I'm like, God, will you guys shut up? There's a game going on. Like, if they were talking like that, she was the one who wasn't entertaining the idea. They're they're vastly different sports. Well, absolutely. That's I now was just hoping that you know if they're gonna do filler, do it when it was thirteen to two. If they're doing filler when it's yeah. two to when it's two to one and it's a real close game, it's anybody's game. I'm like, come on, man. That that was really pathetic of them, and uh, they took mostly Houston's side the entire night, even when it was close. That was just my opinion. Yeah, that's normal though. Yeah, I saw Twitter and they were blowing it up about how much they were loving Houston. So uh, that was my final take on that one. Um, today's start, which was a Sunday afternoon, uh, I think it was your your Quady versus Suarez. I don't even know how to say his name, your Quady, but. Um, I didn't realize he had that good of stuff, dude. He had he was keeping the Angels off balance, but granted, we had another effed up lineup. So there's that. I I did not get to watch today's game because I was playing mine. Um, some people might have noticed that for whatever reason, my uh, I don't know if I call her my fiance or wife at this point because we have our marriage certificate, but you know we're getting married in July mm-hmm. anyway. So whatever you want to call her. Um, went live on the Halos in the infield Instagram for whatever reason while I'm like playing my game. I'm like, why did you take my phone to do that? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's baseball. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I did not watch today's game, but um, obviously I have the gist of it. Captain Jack got everyone excited because uh, he gave the Angels a pretty early lead. Yeah, it was one nothing. Um, you know, he had a homer early and, uh, you know, we're thinking, you know, Suarez was cruising for a bit. And, um, you know, the Angels were looking good. The problem is, you know, you you get a good home run from Jack and you're thinking, okay, that justifies his four spot. It doesn't. You know, we had two more solo homers the other night. Uh, the Angels, they're not getting any guys on base. And when they do, they're stranding them with easy positions because Jack came up with a runner on later in the game and swung first pitch and popped out the second. So that's not what you want your four-hole hitter to do. You want a trout up there. You want Otani to intimidate. And look difference between two teams that adjust on the fly Houston had a completely different objective in the first four innings versus Suarez that weren't working they worked the counts laid off his sliders and curveballs all of a sudden uh, he threw two walks in a row our boy Suzuki dropped a ball which allowed the runners to go to second and third the very next pitch Austin Warren threw to when he relieved uh, Suarez was hit by Bregman to right Instead of only one run coming in to make it 1-1, those two runs scored. So thank you, Kurt, for screwing that up as well. But the difference in this game was that and a couple runs that were scored late in the eighth. Pena killed us and from game two with the the series, uh, the Apple series where they were interviewing him, and he hits his first home run. He had three more hits today. The Astros scored four runs on seven hits, and the Angels one run on seven hits. So we matched what they could do. We just didn't utilize what we had. And the lineup was terrible, uh, leaving guys on base. Uh, you had three left on for uh, Mayfield, one by Walsh, two for Trout, uh, two for Adele, one for Suzuki, two and two for Fletch and Wade. So uh, another frustrating loss. Yeah. We're out the gate one and three. Yeah, man, just some overall just bad situational hitting. I mean, it's kind of been the Angels' MO for the last couple of years, unfortunately. But, man, I mean, you just look at this lineup and you just think how unprepared this lineup was. I mean, Jack Mayfield should not be batting fourth. It was like putting Kurt Suzuki fourth last year. At least when they did that, the Angels were out of contention, so it was like whatever. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Might as well just put our worst batter forth. Why not? Do it for fun. But um, it just Otani bleeding off just keeps being the glaring gap to me. It really ruins the entire lineup. Not because he's not a good hitter, but because he shouldn't be there. Yep. I mean, you ever stare at something and wonder how it got there? You know that meme? <laughs> Otani leading off is the punchline in that meme. It is. And four games in, it doesn't look like Madden's going to change because in his press conference today, he said, oh, we hung with those guys. We No, he didn't. And not really. I mean, <laughs> if it wasn't for the pitching, your lineup. Look, I'm just going to look read you off their lineup right here for the Houston Astros. Yeah, yeah and Tiger Woods hung in there in the Masters. exactly with 13 over okay (laughs) but but look at look at the astros right here siri is a a young center fielder but he's got speed works walks he's hitting 429 as your leadoff guy he had two more walks today pena was i think something ridiculous like six for 16 in the series he had three more hits today he's a table setter he uh had a a couple doubles and a a, i don't know if he went for a home run or not i don't think he did uh, no, he didn't homer today, but but um, he had a couple doubles and a single. He's batting 375. He's a table setter for Bregman, who went two for five, had those big two RBIs, who's one of your best power hitters. Then you have Alvarez, who's one of your best power hitters, batting fourth, so 3-4. Then you got Diaz, the young second baseman, who's moved into a power spot at five, and Tucker at six. So where uh, maybe Rendon, Trout, um, what is it? I almost said Upton, but Otani and Walsh should be two through six or three through six. They're all mix and match through the goddamn lineup. And whereas Houston's like, look, we're doing this traditionally. You know, Ken Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr. never let off. So why why are we going to lead off Bregman? You know, like like that's why I don't get like Albert Pujols in his heyday. You think freaking um Tony Larusa, when he managed the or the 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 Cardinals would be like, ah, I have a feeling today I'm gonna get Pujols' back going. Maybe he won't hit so many double plays. I'll lead him off. No, but that's what we're doing with our guys. And whereas traditional Dusty Baker is sticking to what wins, and that's why they're three and one. Yeah, I mean, heck, even Mike Trout used to lead off. At least there, there is some justification, right? Like, oh mm-hmm. well, he's done it in the past, and we need a leadoff hitter right now. Okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. But Otani's never let off, to my knowledge. I, I don't think he did in 18, 19, 20, or 21. Or Little League. I don't think he's ever done it. <laughs> but, but, uh, maybe Little League. Who knows? Little League's a different beast. But, you know, you look at guys who could have let off. You know, what they could have done here, I still would have put Wade at the leadoff spot. I don't see why there's any reason to not put him there. Put him there. Uh, and then, Go. I'm going Trout, Otani, Walsh, Mayfield, Rojas, Adele, Suzuki, Fletcher. I would have started Stassi and put Suzuki in the 600 level. (laughs) (laughs) On the roof of Angel Stadium, where we'll sit there and talk all about how we used to play and uh, watch the game for a quarter. Or where we can uh, have some scotch. <laughs> Boy, you could get scotch on the roof. That's a badass seat, dude. That's pretty cool. If you're already, you can get scotch anywhere. Hey, that's a good point. He could fly that mug in if he wants to. Just a bottle. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Oh man, yeah. So today, today as they closed out the series, was it was pretty depressing. Um, you had forty thousand on average all four games. Uh, today, it, even though like I I didn't see forty thousand seats filled, but it looked pretty close to that. I think a lot of them was pre sale and stuff like that. But you had a lot of kids there today. It would have been nice to have a, a you know getaway day win, and you couldn't get it done. Actually, it wasn't getaway. It was just a you know a Sunday afternoon game. <clears throat> All right, so um, I guess we should talk about at least the Marlin series. Okay, let's jump into it real quick because I know we've already been on almost an hour already. But let's uh, let's get yeah. let's let's preview the series coming up. The next two, actually. Well, uh, we're recording on Tuesday, right? So we can oh. talk about the Rangers. Oh, okay, okay, series. okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that then. Okay, okay. So Marlins. So mm-hmm. the Marlins are coming in here one and two. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're going into the series one and three. So Eliza Hernandez for the Marlins and Michael Lorenzen are pitching tomorrow, which will be today when you guys listen to this. And you're going to, to the game. You'll be there. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. So uh, how do you think Lorenzen is going to do the first start as an agent? Oh, I'd imagine if we're going to take things how it's going to be, don't look for – if you're betting the over for five innings on this one, I would not uh, – for, for Lorenzen's start <laughs> – Lorenzo, you're gonna like be, I'm taking the under. Yeah, I'm taking the under all the way. He could have a perfect game through five, and he's going to be pulled with like 50 pitches thrown. Um, yeah, he's. Yeah, right. I, I say he goes five at the most, and I'm hoping that it's five good innings. But the biggest thing is, I'm not doubting the pitching right now. I'm doubting the freaking hitting, and I'm hoping that they could put together some good at bats and actually have this thing called a rally instead of a solo home run where we can see a double down the line, score two runs, and then a single follow score that run up and put a crooked number up. And I'm waiting for that offense to come through, and I'm thinking it's going to do it versus the Marlins here in the next couple days. I think Lorenzo goes five and two-thirds, gives up two runs. Okay, that sounds good. I'd take that any day, man. I mean, it's it's his first career start formally in, you know, what, since 2015? Mm Mm-hmm. So it's been it's been a long while. There's a big difference between starting games and relieving games, mm-hmm. even if you do it in spring training. So uh, you know they're not going to give him the largest, the longest leash in the world. But he'll go out there, he'll get his job done, he'll do fine. He'll put the team in a position to win. If your starter goes in there, gives you about six innings, and gives you, you know, gives up less than three runs, in my opinion, that's enough to win a game. That's quality. Assuming start. your bullpen comes in, yeah, exactly. So I do think he uh, that's what he does. Um, so I, I think the angels will win tomorrow, at least they'll win one out of these two games. Um, but, um, I don't know with Patrick Sandoval going the next day, you know, I'd like, we liked what we saw out of Sandoval last year before he got hurt. I, I think I just don't know how short his leash will be because he is coming off an injury and, uh, soreness. I think kid gloves for him on Tuesday. I think he only, that's a bullpen game. I think he goes four innings and then they turn it over to the bullpen. I think the because he, of a short leash or because he gets lit up like a firecracker. Oh no, because a short leash. So I, so even if okay. he get if he surrenders three runs in four innings, five hits or whatever, or even less, I think they're still going to be like, okay, Jaime, you get in there and you throw a couple innings. Uh, Her got stuff like that, depending on what the score is. I think the Angels are going to take are going to even their record before they go on the Texas two step. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to be my inner Roger Lodge. And I'm going to say they're going to go out there and they're going to take two out of two. And Lodge's lock, along with Todd Fox, are going to call this series an Angels victory. Okay. All right, man. Well, I'm holding you to your Lodge's lock. 
No, no, no. I take that back. It's I'm going to go stronger so that you believe me, Fernando, because the fans matter to me more than anything. I'm going to go with the Stamos lock of the week. Oh, okay. The Stamos lock. It's legit when that happens. And then when he has like a bad Roger, uh, Lodges lock, he's like, no, 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 nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. <laughs> ne- Let's I keep never, it moving. Let's keep it moving. Yeah, I never said that. Yeah. Sponsored by the winery restaurant and wine bar. People are like, no free ads, but there's no way the winery would ever sponsor us. So, <laughs> Exactly. Hey, it's we fine. Can, I've eaten can, there. Subpar food. We can get Blockbuster video, maybe. What? Yeah, yeah there, there's only one left in Oregon, so we could probably get uh, we could probably get them to sponsor us somehow. Boom! Bang, bang, skeet, skeet. No late fees. Blockbuster one. video. <laughs> yeah, no late fees when you mention Halos in the infield. <laughs> maybe we can get Netflix to sponsor us, but like the old school Netflix, where they'd send the DVD to you. <laughs> and you have to send it back <laughs> the right way. There you go. <laughs> All right. So you think the Angels will sweep the Marlins. I'm still going one and one. So we'll be two and four going into Texas. And uh, there's a very decent chance that I will be at one of those games in the Lone Star State. So we'll see what happens there. That's a big four game series. I hate to use big in April, but it is because you want to clean up against the team. Because if you look at the rest of this month, you know, four games with Texas, and then we have three more big ones against Houston. We got to show up better in, in Houston. And then we have what looks on paper to be an easy-ass homestand versus the Orioles and the Ohio team. So that's six games, you know, right there. So before we the have Ohio to, team. Yeah, I'm not going to give them any kind of credit this year. Lowest payroll. They don't care about their fans. Screw them. That All Ohio right, fair team. enough. Fair enough. That Ohio team, okay, and then uh, yeah, the White Sox ending the month. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, a fairly easy month. Should be a lot more uh, to talk about in the future in terms of episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, We were supposed to have Ty on uh, today. Uh, He will be coming on uh, probably later next week. Uh, Something came up with him, but uh, he's always good to us, so I'm sure we'll be able to work some out. So for anyone who's like, oh, when's that going to happen? You guys uh, asked us if we have questions. I did notate those uh, a lot of the questions you guys had, and I will be asking him those questions um, when he comes on here next week and talks about his journey back to the Angels. Exactly. And that's going to be a very good interview because we want to hear his comments and, and commentary when it comes to the new rules for minor leaguers and all that other stuff, the things that they're going to provide, whether they are or not. So a lot of good things to get into. Yes, I'm definitely very interested to see how this is uh, the whole minor league lodging is going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, any other final thoughts on the first uh, four games of the season? No, no. Real quick. Um, so, now that you've had a couple of days, and this is going to be a question of the day here, probably. So, this will be on Tuesday. So, when you guys are listening to this the following morning, I'm going to ask now that we've had like a week to marinate on the Justin Upton DFA move. How do you feel about it now that you've truly gotten to marinate on it? I think it was too early. I'd have to agree the way Adele's come out. um, Man, I, I thought it was the right move. I'm still hoping it's the right move. I'm still going to stick with my take, 
But if this continues past April, I'm, I'm really hoping we got three more days for him to accept this assignment. I'm kind of leaning towards as an insurance plan. Maybe he should accept that assignment. You know? Oh, he no, he is. He, he's officially released. Oh, he is. Oh. He was officially released on Friday, I believe. Okay, never mind. Yeah, that was way too early. Yeah. Yeah. So he's officially released. He's done. He's gonzo. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if they should have let him go just yet. At least with Albert, they waited a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a man that rides my decision. If you would have asked me, I mean, we were clamoring all offseason to get rid of Justin Upton. They finally did it. I'm definitely a man who, who works through those. And once I make a decision, Angels made a decision I originally agreed with. So, hey, for better or worse, we're going to see it through. Total, total money ballish. You know, we're going to see it through. Yeah, I mean, like, the only thing that's going to suck is if these guys don't take advantage of what they gave them. Perry gave them an opportunity. So you want to hope that these guys are going to take full advantage and make that and justify his decision. Yeah, I forgot what the context was, but somebody commented on our, um, oh, oh, um, so a couple days ago, I asked the question, or it was like yesterday, Saturday, I asked uh, who do you think is going to have the better season, Brandon Marsh or Joe Adele? Somebody commented on our Twitter account on the post and said, not the guy cosplaying as an outfielder in left field. Mm. <laughs> Joking that Joe Adele is a cosplayer in left field. <sighs> and I'm just like, man, like the fan base is turning on him very quickly. Yeah. He, Social media is, is not full of Joe Adele fans right now. I think the fans have a shorter leash on him than the uh, than Madden has on our starting pitching. I swear, every time he messes up, it's like like even on that when we posted about the catch he made today, they're all like, "Yeah, it was a lucky catch." Did you see what he did earlier in the game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a bad read that he kind of had to correct, right? I mean, yeah. was it Randy who who said that that it was? Yeah. He was like, oh, it was a bad read. Yeah, and, and and it was. But at the end of the day, he did make the catch. Does that make up for what he did earlier? Does that make up for what the mistakes he's made in the bat? No. But, I mean, it's an encouraging sign to see. But it's one catch. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, for better or worse, they decided to DFA Justin Upton. It's the decision. I'm cheering for Joe Adele because Joe Adele does make this team better. Joe Adele does have potential unfortunately i'm starting to wonder if maybe that pressure is starting to become too much for him i mean because there is added pressure right like hey they got rid of justin upton for you yeah there's no one clamor i mean unless you want to call taylor blake the next guy up i mean he could be but um but right now i, I mean, think you mean taylor ward taylor blake ward is the writer <laughs> well i mean maybe friend of the show we love you taylor blake maybe he writes himself into the lineup but but i think taylor ward could be a viable replacement if these guys don't hit Ma- mainly if Marsh doesn't start hitting again, like if he were to hit a, a soft spot, you could plug him in. So there is a guy back there, but I think giving the starting role, starting lineup first opening game, maybe it was a lot of pressure. I don't know. Maybe he's going to settle in and we're going to forget about this in two weeks. Who knows? I mean, we'll see, man. I mean, Taylor Ward has been a four, a player and I hate to use that term, but the angels have a lot of them right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping some of them can start to, you know, shift the opposite way to becoming viable major league players. They don't have to be Mike Trout, but they need to be serviceable major leaguers at some point. 
Yeah, and players like that, that like Jaime would be a considered to me another guy like that. Like <clears throat> Berea. Yeah, I, I would have been more inclined to trade these guys quicker instead of giving them yet another yeah. year because they still had a lot of potential and maybe a change of scenery would work. So we'll just have to see moving forward. But like I said, uh, it's not time to panic and everything else like that, but it is the first four games you did lose to divisional team. These losses aren't going to be there to help you during the regular season. I mean, these these are these are going to hurt. You know, the, the ones that you lose to division are going to hurt. So... Uh, we'll have to see Absolutely. what happens moving forward, for sure. So, so I think that's it for us here. Uh, the only thing I would say, just like I did on the post game, is leave us a five star review, uh, please. That really helps us move up, and like we are, we're prone to give away merchandise or jerseys or something to those who write something creative on the five star or just funny. Uh, tickles our fancy. So, keep that in mind leave your handle so we know who you are via twitter or twitch or facebook or youtube or or instagram importantly and we will get back to you on those because we do see those as well yeah i'm sure we can chuck something your way it might not be something big but you know sign baseball from uh, from a player or something like that you know or sometimes todd will give out a hat or a jersey we'll, we'll, we can figure something out just you mm-hmm. know make the review um, even if you don't put your handle in there, uh, just take a screenshot of it, send it to us in our uh, halos of the infield, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. I'm sure. We can figure something out for you. Absolutely. So for all, everybody at halos in the infield, good starting first week. Uh, let's keep it going. This is Todd Fox. And Fernando Mendez. Have a nice evening, night, day, or wherever you are. <laughs>